Uh, so my word for 2022 is ease. Mm -hmm. And I am working on ease. I'm working on the belief uh, that I want to have, which is that I can do less and have more, more connection with other people, more, um, more prosperity even. And, and that, that's hard for me. I'm, I'm like a hustle mentality, like get in there, get it done. And that's exhausted me quite frankly. And so this year I'm looking for ease in business and life um, so that I can just exist and be uh, with the people that I love. You're inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop, a podcast dedicated to helping you get back up again, turning your pain into power, turning your trauma into triumph. I am your host, KK Smith, and I find joy in helping you get back up again. This podcast holds a space for you to grow, heal, and connect like you never have before. So grab your coffee and step inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop. Another thing I wanted to ask you, um, is emotional eating normal? Can we normalize it? Does it happen to the general population, basically? What a great question. And thank you for asking that. Um, emotional eating is 100% normal. It is a helpful, in many ways, coping strategy. And the reason we do it is because it works. I mean, a lot of people talk about how this pandemic has led to weight gain and this and that. And it's like, yeah, there is no shame in that. We've been stuck at home, so less movement. And we've been stressed and scared and, you know, all, all the feelings. And eating is something you get, you know, feel good, pain killing brain chemicals and hormones throughout your body when you eat. And, and so yes, emotional eating is normal. I mean, there's the old uh, kind of sitcom stereotype about eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's after a breakup, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think to some degree, everyone does it. My husband um, <laughs> is like, he, he's, yeah, he's not someone who has a problem with food. Like he'll forget to eat more often than he will remember to eat. Uh, and you know, he's got a high metabolism. Yeah. Like he, he eats really healthy. Great. Right. And I remember him telling me he did really poorly on, uh, an interview. This is probably about gosh, 10 years ago now at the job he's at currently. And he told me this like a year or two later. So he was too ashamed to even tell me in the moment. But when he was done, he felt so bad about the interview. He drove to Safeway, you know, our local grocery store, and he bought three donuts and he ate the three donuts in the parking lot. Now, this is a guy who has never binged in his entire life, right? Like he, he was looking for a way out of that discomfort. Yeah. and thought, I know, I'll go get some donuts. These are going to make me feel better. And I mean, he was, he, like I said, he was too ashamed to even tell me for such a long time. And so this is normal. I, he's probably never emotionally ate again, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and, and yet there are some of us who, for whatever reason, whether it be, you know, you were started on diets from a young age, I find there's a high correlation there. You have childhood trauma, you 
and you know food was a safe place for you from a young age or you had you watched people in your family emotionally eat or maybe maybe emotions weren't dealt with um when you were growing up or into adulthood and so food has become a way to deal with emotions whatever the reason it develops for some of us over others um depression also is a high is correlated high with emotional eating as well and and scientists are um hypothesizing that the connection actually between depression and obesity is emotional eating so again very common for some of us it becomes a problem uh, and it starts to affect our quality of life it makes us think about food all the time we're afraid we don't trust ourselves around food anymore it's creating hormonal imbalances and now our stress hormones are through the roof and we're trying to club people over the head like we live in a cave not really but <laughs> you you i think people know for themselves when it has become a problem the the biggest issue is them knowing that emotional eating is actually the problem that they're facing because like i said towards the beginning of our conversation many people mistakenly think the problem is willpower or self-control but <clears throat> think of it this way eating works eating is maybe right now for anyone who's struggling your best coping mechanism your best survival technique that you have in the world. And we need to honor that. Rather than feel ashamed for that, let's be grateful that food has gotten you to where you are now. Um and we can figure out other strategies to care for your body, to care for your needs, to care for your emotions that aren't food. Um but 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 trying to say I want more willpower, trying to go on these restrictive diets where you're only allowed to eat five foods. I mean, I'm I'm, you know, exaggerating, but I kind of hate them. So, there you go. um it is only taking away your one good coping mechanism it's honestly really mean it's very mean um so i'm sticking up for you if you're struggling <laughs> obviously i could i could go on and on about this because it's it's something i feel really strongly about that actually emotional eating is in some ways a really great kindness to ourselves and of course there are better ways and we can learn and grow and improve and yet um emotional eating is normal and it works Mhm. And I also believe that when we finally accept ourselves for who we are and I'm speaking primarily on weight issues. Mm-hmm. Um some people like you say have a very high metabolism. Yeah. Um some people are born they can eat a cow and they're not going to gain any weight. Some people they might eat, you know, a french fry and they gain 2 pounds. Yes. But the thing about it I think if we get to a place of saying okay this is how I would like to look for me and no one else then we can pivot from eating as a coping mechanism or a um pain in our life you know what I'm saying so you know if you are 300 pounds and you really want to be 150 okay if if that's the 150 for you not anyone else but the 150 for you or if you are 100 pounds and you want to be 150 is that for you or is that for the world because one thing i had to get really straight with me i am a foodie i'm a foodie i love food and i wanted these people that i might have a medium metabolism um so headed into 50 I had to realize that I cannot be a part of anything that is so restrictive that I cannot eat. And I told my family I love food. Yes, I want to get to this weight, 
but guess what? I love food and I, I give myself so much space around it because it's one of the things in life that I really love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't do a whole lot of things. I like to go somewhere and I love food, but I'm not going to restrict myself. And, and I finally, I'm like, okay, because I used to go on this trend of, okay, I'm going to weigh 135 pounds. I'm going to weigh 140 pounds. I'm going to weigh 120 pounds. And my husband is like, no way. <laughs> you know, so I finally had to get real with myself and say, you love food. Okay. You, you really love food and you, you just have to be okay with you, with how you are. And, and I absolutely have been fine for the last 10 years, but I do realize that, you know, eating the right things and being healthy is all a part of the journey as well, without going into either extreme, you know what I'm saying? So. Oh yeah, I love that. And, and while I'm helping people develop a healthy relationship with food, I also love to talk about body acceptance because exactly like you said, our displeasure with our bodies, which um, I believe is less of an internal problem and more of an external problem. But that displeasure with our bodies is often the catalyst to go and mistreat our relationship with food and actually end up mistreating our bodies. And, you know, uh, the women I work with have been on diets for decades. They've had years, maybe even decades where, you know, they were doing good. And I'm using air quotes around that for <laughs> no one who can see me because you're all listening to a podcast. Um, uh, but they're they're doing well on it for a while. But then something happens and they need their coping mechanism again. They need yeah. that food yeah. uh, because it works again. And so what I found is once we can accept our body where it's at, even if it's not exactly what we love, exactly what we want, um, and we have that healthy relationship with food, it's so much easier to decide where to go. You can decide and say, okay, you know, I'm actually, some women will say, I, I don't want to continue pursuing weight loss. I see the way that changing my body is more um, bowing to oppressive systems, for example, than actually uh, something that I want to do for me and I need to do for my health, for example. And so I'm going to just continue working on this body acceptance, continue this healthy relationship and let it go. But other people will say, yeah, I still want to pursue weight loss. Um, maybe just through having this healthy relationship with food, they've had some loss already, but now they have the self-trust. They trust themselves around food. So it's so much easier to know what to do. I hear from so many people, they have analysis paralysis, information overload, like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. There's so much advice. Um, help me figure out what to do. And it's like, once you accept yourself, you can get information on boosting your metabolism rather than restricting, or you can, you know, you have more insight into what you need, the information you need, the help you need, and you're able to then go after that thing and test it and go, okay, wait, it's not going to work for me. Like you said, restriction doesn't work for you. It you know, you love food and boy, am I the same way. <laughs> yeah. um, I love food. And here's the thing. I live in a larger body. I, I help people lose weight. I'm a dietitian and I'm also overweight and I'm okay with that. I'm actually not interested in restricting or following these crazy diets to get smaller because I have a healthy relationship with food that helps me maintain my health and improve my health. 
And instead of working out and feeling like I need to reward myself with brownies because I'm so deprived and I did this great thing, I get to go and enjoy movement and live my life. And so, so I, I think what you're saying, I absolutely love it. And I just wanted to give an example of how that, that can even work in more of a structured, like, okay, working on that relationship with food, working on body acceptance, and then being able to tell for yourself where you want to go with the weight piece. Yeah. That's awesome because I, I think that people need to understand that when we talk about emotional eating, we're not talking about a specific size frame of a person. We're just talking about, I think, the triggers, the self-awareness, and how you could get out of that and into creating space, like you said, around the proper choices. So how do you help your clients? with emotional eating your program how do they go from overwhelming emotional eating to really strong self-awareness and choices around food yeah yeah so i i use a four-part framework which um if it's okay with you i'd love to share where people can even find out more yes um, but people can go to cassiechristopher.net forward slash free and download my roadmap to help heal emotional eating, which is called you're done dieting, but you still want to heal emotional eating. And that lays out this four part framework, um, because we could take a whole hour to talk about the framework so you can get more information there. But essentially I work through, uh, four key areas, body, mind, heart, and soul. And what I mean by that is body is we're talking about, and I love that you brought up that primitive caveman because that's all about calming the nervous system. Our nervous systems are activated from stress. Like we talked about past trauma inflammation, so uh, blood sugar imbalance. There's a lot of things that can activate our, our nervous system. Menopause is another one. Um, and that causes these intense primal cravings, which are really hard to say no to. That causes the nighttime eating where we're stuck on the couch watching Netflix with our hand in a bag of whatever, right? Uh, and so once you can calm that nervous system, and again, creates more safety to be able to feel. And then there's mind, and that's where we're thinking about the mental gymnastics and the processes in our brain, thought patterns in our brain that lead to eating and also create a sense of, uh, you know, it not being safe to feel emotions. So we've talked about self-criticism already, which is something that we work on with self-kindness and self-compassion, but there's also the, uh, the all or nothing thinking uh, that comes often from dieting, where we feel like we have to do things perfectly, we have to follow this diet to the letter, this meal plan to the letter, or we're a failure and there's nothing in between. And that all or nothing thinking is what causes us to eat one, eat two Oreos, for example, I love Oreos, and then to go, well, I already had two, I might as well just finish the whole bag, right? I already had half, I might as well eat the whole one. Well, I already have the whole one, so I might as well have a couple more. Well, a couple more is gonna be the whole you know, sleeve or row, and now it's the whole, and, and that is all or nothing thinking at its finest. And that's what leads you to kind of give up on the goals that you've set for yourself, the the things that you want for yourself and, um, and self-sabotage, honestly. So once the mind piece is taken care of, your nervous system is balanced, then we get to heart. And that's where you have the safety to feel your feelings. 
you are able to practice self-compassion, create the space around your feelings, feel them so that you don't need to eat. And then lastly, we get to soul. And that is where we're thinking about, you know, finding pleasure in life apart from food, finding purpose so that we don't need food to, uh, to make us feel good. Uh, it also comes down to things like people pleasing, you know, are we worthy of love and connection on our own? Or are we looking for that in other people and what we do for other people, what they think about us? So, uh, it, and my role in all of this is not so much to give people the answers and solutions, but rather to help them pinpoint areas where they personally can continue to think about how their daily lives and their thoughts and their, you know, aspirations are, are connecting back to their relationship with food and their body. That is awesome. I think that's so important, all of those frameworks, because they work in synergy, they work together. So thank you so much for being on our show today. I wanted to introduce you into a segment of the show that's called something to sip on. So something to sip on is where I ask you three questions, then you can answer them as honestly as you want to. Okay. Um, so the first question is, what are you working on in this season of your life? Uh, so my word for 2022 is ease. And I am working on ease. I'm working on the belief uh, that I want to have which is that I can do less and have more, more connection with other people, more, um, more prosperity even. And, and that, that's hard for me. I'm, I'm like a hustle mentality, like get in there, get it done. And that's exhausted me quite frankly. And so this year I'm looking for ease in business and life. Um, so that I can just exist and be, uh, with the people that I love. Mm. Okay. And what brings you joy? Hmm. I love to laugh. <laughs> okay. I love to laugh. Yeah. Hence the thinking about stand up and having several books on telling jokes in my Amazon cart right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a long-term thinker. It like, you know what I mean? I take me several months before I like pull the trigger to do something. Cause I want to like do it right. There's the crazy efficiency thing, but, um, yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's that's really actually great to have projections for your life or for your future. I love that. And the final question is, what has been your greatest life lesson? Hmm. It's okay to suffer and feel pain and comfort is not the goal. Mm -hmm. I love that. That is so true. That is so true. And could you tell our listeners why is that? It's it's okay to suffer and and to feel pain and not always feel comfort. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say um, I'm at a place in my life. I've done a lot of work on myself. <laughs> Paid a lot of money for it too. <laughs> and uh, and I like myself. I, I am, I am really awesome. I am really, really cool. Like everyone should want to hang out and get coffee with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And that sounds so, uh, so, I don't know, uh, unacceptable of a thing for someone to say. But the point here is being comfortable in my own skin and being comfortable with who I am and enjoying myself, you know? Like I have to just sit with myself all day long and I enjoy that because I'm really cool and my ideas are great. Um, it's been a source of a lot of joy and it's been a source of a lot of ability to move through hard things and be there for other people uh, in a way that when I was focused on being comfortable and avoiding feeling things and avoiding doing things that that brought me farther from comfort, um, I didn't have that. I didn't like who I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, the, I, that's really, the best way I can articulate it. And you're not really growing in that space, are you? When no. you really don't feel pain or discomfort, that has been one of the great awakenings in my own life. You have to go through. You yes. have to go through to get to the other side. And a quick, quick story about that is one day I was invited to this really nice brunch. And all week I prepared for the brunch. And lo and behold, when I got ready to turn out of my driveway, my back literally went out. It literally went out. And I had my daughter in the car with me and she had to, my little bitty daughter, she had to walk me back in the house. I couldn't stand straight up. So all I could do was get in the bed and watch a movie. The movie that we watched was A Wrinkle in Time. And it had a profound found message that I know that God wanted me to get because I was facing some hard things in my life and I wanted to kind of settle in and be comfortable with not going to the other side but the whole premise of the movie is the dad creates this this invention and he's not accepted by his society he's ostracized and he goes off to this dark place he goes to a dark place and in order to get him back in order to go come back to the other side they have to jump through this volcanic vortex but if you go through this vortex you're going to get to the other side you're going to get to the light you're going to get back to love back to energy back to abundance and that was such a metaphor I mean, that was so good to see that movie. And I, and I really think everybody should see that movie because I'm always looking at life in terms of what does this mean? And that whole scenario brought me closer to the fact of what you're saying. In order to get to the other side in living really in abundance, you're going to have to go through that to grow, to stretch, to become who God really wants you to become. Not in the comfort but in the hard things to do, whatever those hard things are, you know, forgiveness, um, you know, getting better, getting, refining yourself constantly, um, uh, channeling those um, ideas and those scripts and those things that mm -hmm. have made you be where you are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So totally. Yes. So what is your final um do you want to say anything to our listeners that will help them to grow or to stop emotional eating? What will be your final thoughts on this show? 
Yeah, you know what? My final thought is you are good and worthy of love and belonging just as you are. And you you don't have to change. You don't even have to heal your emotional eating and you're still going to be okay. You, you still are okay just as you are. Um, and that's the paradox of the work that I do is holding space for this belief that people know what they need they are what you know they are what they need uh and and they um and they are good just as they are they've been made good just as they are and uh it, it takes out a lot of the striving i think uh-huh. Uh-huh. that's really good well thank you so much for being here and friends i am going to ask cassie to email all of those resources she talked about, and I'm going to drop them in the show notes as well as a way that you could get in touch with her directly. And friends, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much, Kathy, for being here. It's been so good. So friends, I hope today's episode was food for your soul and fuel for your life. You can go to anywhere you're listening to this podcast and find out more on our guests. Please rate, share, subscribe, to this podcast on any platform. I am your host, KK Smith. And remember, you can always celebrate wins and get back up again inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop.